0: evolve, and thrive. Welcome to the Meta Business Millennial. I am Erin Patton, otherwise known as Master L. I am here with the lovely and wonderful and brilliant and divine Elizabeth McCartney. I'm so happy to have you as a guest on my show. Welcome.
1: (laughs) My gratitude to you, sister. I am honored to be a part of this beautiful
0: path that you have created. And I just have to have a little side note for all the listeners that I met Elizabeth through a friend, actually, when I was going through my metaphysical journey, which I love to talk about and share with folks. And I had just had my son. He was literally three months old when we had our first session. I will never forget. He was like lying on his little playpen while you were giving me my healing. (laughs) And literally, I've not stopped working with you since then. And he's now two years and three, four months. So it's literally been two years of working with you, building with you, growing with you. And I could not be more grateful.
1: And I am the one that is truly deeply honored because through our friendship, through our knowing, I have watched you accumulate wisdom, knowledge, and strength from the very first session, even to the session we had prior to this, to this podcast. And the thing that I, that I am deeply honored and grateful by is that you receive the healing. Yes. You receive the wisdom. You receive the guidance. You utilize it in your consciousness, in the physical way that you emit yourself through life in all ways. And to me, that is a deep, deep honor to source through my channel. And it is a deep gift to me because you, sister, are helping me fulfill my divine purpose for coming into this life. And that is a very deep gift of love and life. Because whenever we allow another to offer unto us teaching, wisdom, guidance, healing, that is a very intimate relationship that you create.
0: And that's one thing that I hope to uncover and talk more about today because... This is the Meta business Millennial. We're talking about the integration of metaphysics and business. And essentially, we get down to our emotions. We get down to our spiritual roots of conflict, our spiritual roots of trauma to find balance. And that's fundamentally the premise of the show. And that's what we do in the past two years and what we do in our work. And I love it.
1: <laughs> the thing that I love about this is this was the guided path to you. This was the consciously guided path to you to create healing, consciousness, mindfulness, and unification between the professional life that many lead and the spiritual life that they seek to lead. One doesn't have to be absent of the other. And you have learned how to merge that beautifully and be a guide to others into how to utilize that professionally within their own individual paths. And that is a very important part of our society. So I give you great accommodations to this learning, to this knowledge, but I give you great accreditation for actually moving it forward from the private wisdom and knowledge and teaching, from the private guidance to bringing it forward to others. That's a very important step that you have taken and that many others are going to be taking with you.
0: Mm, I receive that hopefully hundreds of millions of others. That's really my vision. Yes, because to your point, people, metaphysics isn't new. Metaphysics isn't really a secret either. But for some reason, people want or seem like they need to practice this in the confines of their own home or maybe in small groups or with just their families. But this is a time of the great awakening, not just the great resignation or the great, all these things, but it's certainly the great awakening where people have the ability to really see themselves for who we are truly. And that's enlightened divine beings. And so in order to do that, we have to be open and honest and free with that expression.
1: Very true. And we have to be something that most people are deeply uncomfortable with, honest about our true beliefs, about our true understandings, honest about our vulnerabilities. The spiritual life, the metaphysical life, and the professional life are meant to be intertwined. They're not meant to be exclusive of one another. And I think that for many people, metaphysics, what many people refer to as the spiritual side of themselves, has always been something uncomfortable and private. However, it's meant to be integrated into every aspect of our human existence. So this is a really deep teaching and learning to others.
0: I receive that too. And this is exactly what we're here for is to teach ourselves and to teach others in the process. And, you know, with that, you know, I want to get to the questions because we can sit here and talk back and forth all day. I mean, we have your bio, we shared it with our listeners, but I really want you to give me your your introduction and talk to me about yourself in the best way you'd like to, whether it be something from your childhood, something from your formal education or your metaphysical education, just really tell me about you.
1: I started my beautiful path in life when I was but a child. I've been channeling since I was about four years old. Uh, that is my first consciousness and connection to the divine, to source. And having those abilities inherent to me as a child really was the wellspring of where I'm standing today. It was always that deep understanding, deep, intimate knowledge of something more vast than I standing there, something more powerful than I in existence, and yet it was never a fearful energy to me. It wasn't anything overwhelming to me. It was nurturing to me. It was caring to me. As I move through different shades of my life, I move through many instances of different aspects of the atrocities of what being unhealed in human form can lead. For instance, from the time that I was four until I was nine, I was abused by my father. And it was my deep connection and faith to source, to the creation energy, to who many create as God and whatever God name they feel aligned to is beautiful, right? But it was always that knowing that I was upheld by source that moved me into those energies and was able to sustain me during those times and those shades of darkness. And then as I shifted into light, those abilities became more inherent, more strong. As I shifted again back into shades of darker energy when I was again in a marriage that was emotionally abusive due to somebody's unhealed nature of mental illness and emotional personality disorder, I again felt only the inherent nurturing energy of source upholding me. And then as I shifted through these energies, shifted into this knowledge, what came to me very clearly was source saying to me, you see the consequences of those who remain unhealed in life. Will you take on the mantle of a healer and help to break the generational lineage of abuse inherent within the family structure? help bring people into consciousness of how to help themselves heal themselves so that they don't do harm to themselves or others will you take this on as your conscious purpose in life for it's what I imbibed within you when you came forth, and I said yes and that was my path that was the beginning of my path
0: so you said that you almost like I don't want to put words in your mouth but it's almost like a voice spoke to you so source spoke to you how did you receive that
1: So ever since I was a child, one thing has been very clear to me, and that is the channel to source. I channel directly to source, and the way that I channel is a telepathic energetic dialect, That is brought to me as you and I speak in the dialect of the language that I know in human form, which is English. Now, um, I hear source as clearly as I hear you conversing with me. I hear my guides as clearly. And when I channel for another, such as you or any other in session, what I'm doing is I'm channeling to source directly. Then I channel into the deep moment of your individual creation and divinity that gives me access to a lineage. And that lineage comes forth in different formation because what I'm actually drawing from is lines. But what I always hear is the voice,
0: the dialect, the direct guidance. I love that. And can you, for our listeners and also for me, I, I don't know if I've even ever asked you this. What's the difference between channeling directly to source and, and maybe, and also tapping into my energetic line and then tapping into, say, the Akashic records, the Akashic records, which is a skill that other, we would call the mediums, can do as well.
1: Surely. So what the difference is, is I go directly to and from source. And then from source, I move through what we call the divine lineage. The divine lineage are the eternal beings of light who are literally guided to you eternally by source's hand to teach you, guide you, uphold you, right? Whether you're in light or life. So from there, I commune with them. And when I commune with them, I'm communing about path, presence, the need to heal, the need to educate, the need to teach, the need to learn. Now, regarding the Akashic Records, this is a very simplistic movement as I'm channeling because when I channel into the moment of creation, I'm channeling all the lines that you have ever existed in. Your divine lineage, the lineage of your life path, past, present, future, how you exist in divine being, how you exist in human form, and it's all merging into energetic lines that are brought forth as one communication. Those who say they commune with the Akashic records, the arc is a little different. Most people, the way they channel is they channel to their guides, their guides channel to source and the messages are brought through the arc in a different way. My arc is this way and out. So it's just an alternate form of channeling.
0: That's really cool. I don't think I even understood that clearly. And, you know, I think you kind of talked a little bit about the, the moment in which you got the call, or if you will, to go along on this healing journey. But could you really speak to a specific personal experience? Like for me, I always talk about, you know, the, the passing of my father, you know, actually, two weeks after my father passed, one of my best friends was murdered in Jamaica. A few months later, my mom nearly committed suicide. So there were all these crazy crazy catalytic events that were happening in my life that really, I would say, propelled me in the direction of healing and wanting to connect to my soul. And could you point to a specific incident, maybe it's with your husband or maybe it was at work that was just truly so traumatic that you had no choice but to go in? Because I feel like there are so many people out there who really could relate to the, some of your personal experiences.
1: The first incidents that really brought me very close to, to Source and the understanding and the need to connect more deeply was unconscious to me actually as I said previously from the ages of four to nine I was sexually abused by my father the abuse was was very deep and what the human psychologic mind does is it actually will suppress anything so detrimental to the being that it could could cause death so I was actually unconscious of these interactions yet they kept coming up into different forms You know, different strands would come to me on different forms of defense, like being an eight year old girl and learning how to put a deadbolt on my bedroom door by myself, knowing that if my father was home alone with me in the home, that I would find myself compelled to go to a neighbor's home where I felt safe and secure. All of these things were very compelling energies. And what I found myself doing as a child was moving out into nature and sitting alone and communing with nature. And as I would commune with nature, source and my guides would speak to me clearly, comfort me, really nurture me. And they did so in a way that made me feel safe and secure. And even as a child, I started moving into that energy for my nurturing, for my safety, my stability. Knowingly, I would seek it out into nature. I would seek it out into the peace of my own solidarity with that energy. As I started coming more of age and the abuse was waning, thankfully, I started coming into an understanding of being guided to question. And my first questions were really inherent to the religious structures through which I was raised. I had a very distinct experience as a child in church. And I remember very distinctly at the age of 10 years old questioning the Sunday school teacher who was determining what soul was righteous and what soul was not. And I felt very distinct energies. This was not truth, And so I actually came home from church that day and I sat alone for a moment and I went to my mother and I said, I'm not going back. And she said, why is this? And I said, because they're not, they're not telling the truth. I know that God doesn't judge and condemn us. God upholds us and protects us. God nurtures us. And she said, okay. Now my mother was a very enlightened soul and she studied different religious and paganistic Cool. She studied different theologies, right? So I just literally walked into the room that held all the books. And I just started kind of perusing mythologies, paganism, the studies of history, of antiquity. And I started coming through things very quickly. And I remember the guiding voice said, seek me in all for I am all, not one. Yes. And that really spoke to me. And I said to my mother, you know, everything that you have here only says one thing to me. And she said, what's that? I said that there's only one creating energy. And she said, what do you mean? And I said, there's only one source of all creation. Whether you call that source Allah, Buddha, Christ, Jehovah, whether you call that source Shiva, it matters not. It doesn't make a difference. It's inconsequential. I said, each story is aligned to the other. And there's a singular source in there. Yes. And that was when I profoundly devoted myself to source as a child. The next time I really had the calling was coming out of the energy of my marriage. I was married for 23 years. And I married quite young. And as most young people do, we don't actually have the maturity, wisdom, and knowledge to understand what it is we're stepping into the passageways of. So what was intentionally and unintentionally revealed to me was that my husband was somebody who suffered from hereditary mental illness. He suffered from bipolar disorder. He also suffered from narcissistic personality disorder. And as a young girl coming out of an abusive familial relationship, I just simply shifted into what I knew. I didn't have the maturity and wisdom to understand that I was stepping back into abuse. At the end of 23 years, there was a very pivotal break in our relationship. My then husband had decided and rightfully So that he no longer wished to be committed in marriage to me, that he sought external energies of satiation, of satisfaction. And as somebody who has always been of truth, of light and of honor, I couldn't stand within that energy. Right. Right. So for me, when he said to me, I have never loved you, I only needed to attain you. And I heard that truth for the first time. I knew we could no longer be one. He had to walk his path in the way that he saw fit, in the way that he was capable, in the way that he was able. Right. And I didn't wish him ill with this. I understood it inherently. But that doesn't mean it wasn't devastating. And there was a very um, distinct moment. It was our last Christmas shared, And there was a very distinct movement between us that evening. I had offered him a gift of tidings for the season. I knew it would be our last season together. And he instead offered me tidings from somebody who he was involved with. And as he offered me this gift from this other individual to whom he chose over me, I broke. I broke very distinctly. And I remember as he left the house to go be with this individual and left me with this gift from this woman who was now in his life, I remember very distinctly coming apart emotionally. I remember falling on the floor. I remember crying. And I remember crying out to the Creator. In that moment, everything opened, everything came flooding in. Yes. The channels opened, and the Creator said to me, I finally saw your light. You were dark. I couldn't see you. Now that I see you and I found you, I am holding you again. Let me lead you. I was led out of that marriage into the solace of my own independence. And in my own independence, I was led to learn how to find healing. I knew that I had to find healing for myself. I knew that I had to find healing for others like him who were not able at that time to break the generational and hereditary movement of emotional and mental illness. I knew that I had to help others to distinctly understand that there is no shame in saying I was abused, I was neglected, that you don't have to sit in silence and darkness To the contrary, you need to speak up and out and allow yourself to be held, to be healed, to be guided. And that was really when I came into this energy and Source said to me, I'm putting you on a path And that path is going to bring you to all. And you're going to speak unequivocally of your personal history without any shame or discomfort.
0: Let's go. I love that. And that was the movement. I love that. Because I believe that this theme of shame, it really runs deep within everyone. And everyone has something in their past, something in their life. For which they carry shame they carry guilt and this energetic frequency is what holds us from down from reaching the the energy frequencies of love of courage of of enlightenment and it's when we shed light on ironically the shameful events those guilty feelings that we then start to rise both energetically emotionally and until we do that work we cannot we cannot ascend and so i'm so so glad that you you call that out
1: you know, you know, that was the one thing that was difficult and i mean let's be honest you know as a healer i was very good at connecting to others right and coming into the subconscious and unconscious to unearth what it was that they were seeking to hide in silence and in darkness within themselves but that was the root cause of their own undoing and inability to move forward and come to fruition yes I don't think people realize that. source kept guiding me and saying, every soul I guide to you has a parallel to you. Mm -hmm. Speak openly. And the first few times they spoke openly, um, there were tears, there were breaks. It was difficult, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's not
1: easy to open our vulnerability in such ways. And, and the one thing that I think that most people find difficult is to say, I was a victim of something, right? They want to put on this mask that says, I would never be a victim of anything. Mm-hmm. But here's the truth. There's no shame in me saying I was victimized by my father's lineage of abuse. My father himself was sexually abused. My father himself was addled with addiction. My mother was incapable of providing safety and stability to me because she was facing generational addictions as well. You know, and when I speak about this and people say, well, how did you come to forgiveness of them? I said, because I looked at them as individuals. I looked at them as individuals and I saw where their inherent limitations were. And I saw in each of them had anybody, anyone guided them to therapy, to healing, to enlightenment, to awakening. I would have not faced the consequences of that generational lineage of abuse. And that was and still is the motivating energy for my work. I refuse to allow people to sit in silence. I refuse to allow them to sit in
0: darkness.
1: I refuse to allow them to be shamed by somebody else's abuse upon them. And that is my purpose.
0: Yes. And I love this for other folks who are thinking about metaphysics as a journey for business or for for healing, to hear from you, the journey it takes to share, because like you said, everyone that we're sharing with has a parallel to our life. And this is something too, that I'm coming to learn in my my journey as a a metaphysical master is I have to share who I am because I know that whoever I'm talking to has a bit of me in them as well. And this is something that I think that most of us maybe hear people say, oh, we're all the same or we're all the, we're all one, but it's another thing to really feel the connectivity that we have with each other and knowing that that we have this bridge of connection through our experiences, through our traumas. And when we share, it really unlocks something in both of us for connection, for love, for growth. And that I believe is the work. And so I'm so glad you brought that up because that fundamentally is where it starts.
1: Well, if we don't break the generational lineage, of abuse, illness, we are going to perpetuate it within ourselves into all aspects of our lives. There is a very deep-rooted unconscious energy streaming through the consciousness, streaming through behavior, streaming through interaction. You cannot live in any aspect by suppressing these energies. And more to the point, if you are trying to consciously suppress them, you are unconsciously bringing harm to yourself and all in your path. You're going to be emitting energy and projecting energies of anger, frustration, of limitation, of deceit because you're not being honest, truthful, and standing in the own strength of your experience and light and healing it. And that is something that cannot be given back. And it's very telling to me when people come into healing with me, and and you know, from your personal experience, healing with me is a very direct movement. I am not the type of healer that's going to coddle anybody. Yes. I nurture, I support, but I'm not going to coddle. I channel direct truth. And that truth can be very difficult to embrace. And it's very telling that when that truth comes forward to certain individuals where they say, Hmm, I don't want to face this. Yeah. Well, then you're not going to be able to stand in fullness and fruition in any aspect of your life, whether it's personal, professional, familial, societal, you're never going to be able to stand in fullness until you heal this. Yes. And for the work that you do with trying to bring people into alignment through spirituality, metaphysics, and through the professional line, it really is about the accumulation of saying don't sit in silence of your beliefs instead embrace them openly and in light and intertwine them yes and that is a beautiful endeavor and it's very akin to the work that I do I work with beautiful souls who are divine beings in human form And to bring them into consciousness, awakening and alignment through their lines is that work. Yes. And in order to do that, we have to be whole. We have to be upon the healing path and journey. We can't allow ourselves to be restricted by the unconscious and the subconscious lines of energy that we suppress. We have to be whole. We have to be open.
0: I love that. And I love the idea of just being able to bring all of that everywhere we go. And that's essentially the basis of the work that I do in having that that presence, that awareness, that consciousness that we have to be whole. And I I have to just say it because it's been on my heart, but I've, I've worked with people, I've heard from people and that they're like, oh, that my family life was perfect. So I can't draw anything, you know, from my past that's truly traumatic. And what do you say to people like that? Because I don't necessarily want to project that everyone's had abuse or traumas. However, in many ways, we've all had abuse or traumas or we wouldn't be operating at this frequency. So what do you say to people uh, who, who feel that way about their past or about their lives, especially with their families?
1: So to those that come to me and, and they say the first, and you know, the first question I ask them in the first session is what brings you into healing? Yes. And I allow them to honestly or dishonestly answer me. I could channel into the answer and confront them with it, but I would much rather prefer they find the truth within their own voice. Yeah. Now to those that come to me who don't have lineages of abuse, I believe beautiful, I'm very deeply grateful that you have never suffered in this way. But I will tell you this, there is not a being in humankind that does not suffer in some way. For instance, um, if somebody hasn't suffered the generational abuse lines within the family, they certainly have suffered abuse in society. Yes. They have suffered abuse in their relationships, either to themselves or with others. They have suffered abuse in their perceptions and limitations and expectations of what others have compelled upon them that they themselves have allowed to be restrictive. So we all suffer in some way, shape, or form underneath these misguided energies. So to those that don't suffer a horrific family life, or those who don't suffer loss through those lines, I have never met a soul walking in human form that didn't suffer in some way. People come to healing because they have been societally disregarded. They have been prejudiced. Against energies of racism, bigotry, homophobia, yes, energies of class, energies of income inequality, of gender inequality, of educational inequality. All of these are lines of different types of abuses upon the individual, true. So, I very rarely find the person who walks in life unscathed, yeah. I don't know a single one who is not in some way, shape or form maligned by another.
0: Right. I love that you shared that because if not one way in another way, and that's something that we all need to become aware of as we travel this journey. And I I would love for you to also talk a little bit more about being a metaphysician or being a, a, a soul synergist in, in also working and that being your business and you kind of having, I don't know if you call it your side hustle or how you want to talk about it, but I want you to talk about the business of, of your, of your practice, because this is also, for folks who are interested in taking on metaphysics, spirituality, paganism, witchery, whatever they want to call it as a profession. So how does one get into this? How did you start? Could you talk to us about that?
1: Surely. So the way that I started um, was actually quite unique. I was purely guided. I didn't come into this of my own individual will, not at all. I came into this through guidance and guidance alone, as I do all things in my life and my path. Now, the first entry was a partnership, and that partnership was not aligned properly. That partnership was misaligned financially, energetically, spiritually, and it was misaligned because the individual to whom I was guided was not willing to receive the gift and the offering of that partnership that was a very uh, distinct energy for me to learn from because what I really learned was what not to do yeah what not to do right Coming from a professional background, I have been working as a paralegal since I was 25 years old. Prior to that, I worked in the music industry. So coming from a professional background that distinctly has an energy very different to what I do now actually had lines of parallel within it because what my professional life taught me very distinctly was how to speak, how to allow myself to be seen, to be heard in a way that could affect others. So, And also working in the paralegal field allowed me to actually help others who were facing shortages in their lives in different ways, who needed justice on their behalf, who needed representation of their behalf. So the work, while not completely divinely guided in all ways, was still a divine endeavor of justice. But what that taught me was very deep energies of professional organization, financial organization, and how to Bring those professional lines of energy into my divine endeavor. And that's what it's guided to be called a divine endeavor.
0: A divine endeavor. I love that. It's a divine <laughs> endeavor yes So when source channeled to me
1: and said this partnership is ill and it cannot be healed we ask you to leave it and put your faith in me to create now and i sat and i channeled the soul synergy and a few years before that i very boldly declared to quite a few i'm going to create my own modality of healing yes And they said, that's ridiculous. You're a Reiki master and teacher. And I said, I'm not. I went through the courses of Reiki. And while I honor that lineage very deeply for it's a beautiful lineage of healing, I knew instinctually this is not what I'm guided to do. And Source said, I'm going to let you move through this. And I want you to learn how to create your own modality of healing as I guide you. And what I was really studying was the mastery of how the Reiki masters created an energetic alignment between creating an energetic alignment of offering our innate divine abilities and yet sustaining our lives through that endeavor.
0: And say that again, uh, their offering connected with our innate abilities. And what was the third piece? Sustaining
1: ourselves through that endeavor. In other words, as a healer, we have to sustain ourselves in the physical world and the physical world is financially centered. So we have to be very authentic in our offering of healing, but we also have to be very realistic about the professional alignment to us. It has to be sustaining. Yes. So what I was actually studying was how different Reiki masters had opened their schools of teaching, how they sustained themselves financially, how they were able to bring their divine work into their physical life to sustain themselves and their families. And that teaching was very distinct. When I created the Soul Synergy, I was really distinctly aware that I was not going to be the typical healer. And you know this of me. Yeah. I am not a typical healer. What I do is unique unto my own individual ability. And the first thing that I did was I sat down with Source and my guides and I channeled what they guided to me is synergistic healing. And that is the modality of healing that I bring through my individual ability to connect to source, and then from source into the moment of creation to access the entire energetic lineage. So that was the first step. The second step was creating a modality through which I could sustain myself professionally, but still honor Source, when he guided me to be always of charity, always of generosity. So I offer my sessions at a cost to others that is something that they can bring into their lives through acceptance, through ease. I also offer my healing and the channeling of Source as donation. I have clients who cannot offer single thing financially, but they offer their intention to heal and their gratitude. And that is an energetic principle that I hold very devotedly, for that is a reciprocal energetic principle. You know, those of us that utilize our divine abilities as an offering to others must uniquely be true unto sources, path, word, light, and way, and that of the divine guides who inherently will commune. And that is, yes, we must sustain ourselves professionally, physically, financially, but we must never, never take advantage of another in order to do so.
0: Yes, I receive that. I received that because this is a point of, I would say, contention that a lot of healers, I believe, go through because we've come out of the, the world of religion, which is rampant. And also, my I had a podcast guest that loved to talk about how metaphysics is full of charlatans. I like that he used that word.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: So yeah, so people have lots of different perceptions around religion, around the charlatanism of sort of the Miss Chloe's of the metaphysical world where people are on TV with their crystal ball. And and so there is a lot of misconception around earning money in this business of healing. And just like one would go to the doctor and have a copay, pay for their procedure, pay for follow-ups, pay for these things like this. This is very much how I view my profession. Both my parents were doctors. So I think that's why it resonates so deeply with me because they saw themselves as healing the world, literally. And so I see myself as doing the same. And so I I I too plan to be and intend to be and also proactively participate in a monetary exchange, a bartering, whatever, so that the energy is exchanged in the process. And this is something that I know that a lot of yoga teachers or folks coming up in the business struggle with because many people like you feel like their offering is a gift. And so they have to give it of it freely and giving of it freely, then it robs itself of the gift that it is. Then it becomes more of a chore or a task where there's resentment attached to it. So then it completely loses its energetic intention as well. So I love, love, love that you talked about your journey with it, because this is something too, that I'm working through continually and and dispelling, you know, preconceptions around it. And I know others who are listening and coming up in the business are wanting to know too, how do I set myself apart as a business versus being someone with a big heart who wants to serve people versus, you know, being perceived as a, as a charlatan because I'm a healer. So I think there are a lot of different buckets that we can fall into, but at that, I'm so glad we're talking about this.
1: Well, let me me clarify something the source is channeling. The source wants to make very clear the quote-unquote charlatans. There are many souls who can merely mimic divine ability. Many souls can learn how to utilize the cards of Torah. Many souls can learn how to mimic the masters of healing. But you know that that healing is not authentic. You know that that guidance is not of truth. And so we also have those quote-unquote charlatans in our religious houses Yes. How many ministers minister falsely in Jesus's teaching and yet ingrandize themselves through ego and illicit wealth? Many. How many religious houses teach prejudice? Many. So you see are charlatans everywhere. Religious houses are not exempt from quote unquote charlatans. Yes. There are souls of low consciousness and low pattern of behavior in every single aspect of human society. But it is the beings of light and truth who are here to offset that. Yes. So to those who say, well, there's charlatans in metaphysics, right? Look at the, the ones who are charging online and doing this and doing that. I say, let's look inside your house and see where your truth stands. Let's look inside the history of your belief and let me channel to you the truth because I can guarantee you that there are those in those houses that you epitomize as only true way that are not. So to that, Source says, all must really come into the acknowledgement of this and not judge another's path, journey, belief, or movement. The only thing Source says very clearly is, you have no right to judge another, no right to condemn another. But when you see somebody acting, in dishonesty, and you see somebody taking advantage of another through ignorance or willfulness, then you, as a being of truth and light, must do one thing and one thing alone: try to guide them into the light. Yes, that's it.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Now, as a healer, I have um, I've heard many many of these stories, um, but one thing that I have heard very distinctly is this. When people stand in the face of somebody who's true, they know it. Mm. They know it. Yes. And when people, they themselves are not truthful, they project out to all others. You are not truthful. No. Look within brother, look within sister, and then speak to me of truth.
0: And the reason why people know the truth is because they can feel the truth. And that's really something I want to impart upon listeners who may struggle with discernment, because this is something that when I was coming through in my journey as an adult, I believed anything. And it's not because I, I necessarily didn't have discernment, but maybe I just wanted to believe that people were telling me the truth when they weren't. And so I really impart upon folks, when you are coming across metaphysicians, when you're coming across people in the religious sector or anyone who's speaking to you, feel what they're having to say. And if it feels uncomfortable, it's likely because it is. And if it feels like it's, this could be, this could be right. And if it's challenging your thoughts, then it's probably right. And just challenging your preconceptions. But this is something too, that I had to come into an understanding of. I love to say the word understanding, because it's something I had to feel the difference between what I was being told was the truth versus what actually is the truth. And it's a feeling.
1: And here's the truth of this. When we stand in the face of light, the face of true wisdom, true enlightenment, true knowledge, true healing, our vibrational essence and our energetic being respond. When you say, I feel the truth, what you're actually experiencing, Aaron, is the energetic vibrational being that is the center through which the physical, mental, emotional being aligns. Is coming through vibrationally and giving you notice you need to align to this. Yes. Now, you were speaking about your previous lack of discernment. We have all, all suffered this in some way, shape or form, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a different energy. And and one thing that people don't really discern very clearly, and it's something that a lot of people will speak to in a physical way, they say, I just knew in my gut it wasn't right, but I was right. fearful and I just went with this. And here's the, the honest answer to that. You didn't have a gut feeling. You had an energetic response of pushing you away from that which does not serve you in higher being, higher standing and higher good. Just like when you stand in the face of light and truth, you're pulled into it innately. It's all vibrational, energetic response because we are all energetic
0: beings. I love it. I love it. Let me just further break it down. So we have three bodies. We have a spiritual body, we have an energetic body, and we have a physical body. And what Elizabeth is talking about is when that truth resounds so loudly in your soul, it is literally connecting to your energetic body, which is connected to your soul in your heart chakra, your solar plexus, in the chest region (laughs) where, where you would feel it. And that is what's happening. It's resonating in your soul and it's connecting to your physical body and you feel it in your gut because your energy body is connected to your physical body is connected to your spiritual body, which are your emotions, your thoughts, your preconceptions, your programming. So this is exactly what she's speaking to. So I love that you broke it down to that level because this is the metaphysics of business and metaphysics of being. And people need to understand metaphysically what's happening when we hear truth and why it resounds, why we even use the word resounding, but even the word sound resounding in our body, it's resounding because it's going through multiple layers of our body in order to Get to our soul. So, definitely thank you for sharing that truth. That's my honor about the truth. (laughs) And
1: here's something else you know, when people are walking their path of life, and for those who don't come into um, guidance in a very uh, blunt, direct form, but let's just say you're walking through your path of life and you're questioning, what is it that I should embrace? You're going to have the same energetic response. And that energetic response is often the result of your guides pushing you into the right movement, pulling you away from the right movement. It's all an energetic response. And people will say to me, well, how will I know what decision to make? And I'll say, you'll know, because you will intuitively and energetically feel it. You will feel it resonate. And Many people really disregard this very deeply. They disregard this and they say, well, no, but I must follow like the practical path that society, that family, that religious, the professional aspects of my life. And then they stand inside those lines, shaken and disturbed, and they can't find peace within it. That's because they were not meant to energetically or consciously align into it. And there is an energetic vibrational response to that that is Deep and it comes across as emotional disruption. Can't find your peace, can't find your happiness in it, no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try. So, I really teach people let's really attune your centers, align your centers to allow yourself to understand the energetic response and the energetic movement of you within your path and you within your path and embracement to all. Yes. And people really need to heed that. Those who are most successful in their professional lives are those who heed it.
0: And can I just add the last thing to this? Because I definitely was one of those people who... was like, how will I know it's the right decision? And I'm going to my mentor this or, you know, a, a former coworker or my best friend. And I'm listening to everyone's, frankly, stupid advice because it's not coming from my soul. So anything else that's not coming from you likely is not for you. And one reason why people are not able to hear that voice is because they don't allow the time. So I want this last question to really be about time. And especially as it relates to business, the world that I came from, the lifestyle that I came from, if it wasn't here right now, baby, it wasn't for me. I was a very instantaneous gratification, instant gratification, impulsive, all of those things. Want it now, I want it now. Like I see it in my son right now, he's two years old. And I'm really trying to help him grow out of that because he got it from that mind. And, And so I really want people, especially business people, to understand when we're encouraging you to to connect to that energy, to that small voice, and maybe you don't trust it. Talk about this buffer of time because I've been working with you now, we already said for over two years, and I feel like I'm just now understanding this. So definitely we have to be realistic when we talk about what this journey entails in terms of a time perspective.
1: So from a time perspective, and, and look, um, particularly North American society really dictates instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Everything is instantaneous. Social media, mm-hmm. instant gratification. And st- Instagram. (laughs) Exactly, literally. Um, But here's the truth of it. There's no such thing. You will never be satiated by anything that is so temporary and fleeting and anything that is driven by materialism. Because here's the truth of it. Until you heal, the root causes of your wounds of your hindrances, until you come into a higher energetic vibrational state consciously and energetically, you are never going to be able to open those channels and have trust and faith in that which is inherent within you so for instance when i when i have somebody coming in and they're coming in very strongly into an energy of i fear making the wrong decision i go into the healing and i say well where is the root cause of this fear what is the root cause of the insecurity we start with that healing Right? Yes. And then we start moving away from that healing. We start moving into enlightenment, into wisdom, into guidance. Most importantly, into the energetic alignment and vibrational healing of all. This will open up the channels. And when the channels are fully aligned and open, you don't doubt, you don't doubt, you don't question. And as for timing, it's really unique under the individual. It really is truly unique because each individual has an inherent, unique consciousness, purpose, and frequency within this life. And each life lived has its own inherent path with external energies, internal energies, and mechanisms of hindrance that needs to come forth to be healed. So what people really need to give themselves in relation to timing, when it comes to healing, is grace. Mm, that's the word. Give yourself grace. Give yourself understanding.
0: That's the word.
1: Give yourself these things. I had a client come into session, and three sessions in, she said, so what am I going to be healed? And I just started smiling, and I said, Sister, I could never even quantify this. It's up to you. Do you receive the offering in full? Do you practice the conscious tools of your own healing and enlightenment? Wow it's up to you yes so i said to her give yourself grace yes go through this journey peacefully step by step by step and and she started laughing and she said i think that i'm just one of those results driven people
0: hell yes i was that too that's why i started gasping because i felt the same way i was like i've been you know through enough i've i've had my spiritual awakening why am i not woke yet (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, you
1: know, one thing I'll say, and this is from my own personal experience, through my own personal life path, through my own personal journey, I'm still healing. We all are. There, there is not a single day that I am not learning, receiving, emitting, transmutating, evolving, and healing. And people say to me, Well, when is my healing journey done? And I smile and I go, When you draw your last breath in life. Literally. Because. When you draw your last breath in life and you transition from life to light, then you can say my healing journey in life has ended. Yes. But we are in a constant state of evolution, a constant state of transmutation of our consciousness and our energy. We just heal different things. The wounds close and others move and shift into different aspects of their enlightenment as opposed to their healing.
0: I love that. I love that. What a great note to end on. And for all of the folks that are watching and listening, how can we find you? Could you share your website, your social media, a little bit about how they can get in touch with you for sessions? That'd be great.
1: So I am found as The Soul Synergy, and you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and my own website, of course, thesoulsynergy.com, and I am open to receiving all who are guided to me by the hand of source for their healing, their enlightenment, their alignment, and their awakening as to their true being, and I welcome all into this embrace. That's
0: beautiful, and I—if I, I must—I gotta put in an extra plug. I have been Elizabeth's client, like I said, for over two and a half years. And my journey would not be what it would, what it was, what it is today without her guidance, and and of course her her channeling to my guide. So I love, I love, have loved, and love my experience with her. So thank you so so much.
1: <laughs> I am so honored by you, and you know, you and I will walk this path of life always together. Yay! for you are a sister of my soul and you are a beautiful, energetic teacher, healer and guide unto your own affirmations. And I am deeply honored to walk your path with you, sister.
0: I receive that. Thank you so much.
1: You are welcome. My peace to you.
0: (laughs) This has been a dope episode, you guys, of the Meta Business Millennial with my soul sister. You heard it. She said it. Elizabeth. And this concludes our Meta Business Millennial podcast. And for all of you who are wanting to check out more podcasts or more information from me, my my name again is Master L Aaron Patton. And you can go to my website, www.aaronpatton.com. I'm on social media at I am Aaron Patton. And the journey continues. I love you all. Peace. Did you really love this episode of the Meta Business Millennial podcast? Well, I am honored and I appreciate you subscribing, leaving a review and sharing it with your friends because your feedback allows us to co-create more enlightened conversations. And if you're interested in growing your soul now, head over to my website, AaronPatton.com, to find all the show notes, links and free resources to get your energy activated today. In the meantime, stay bright, my friends. Much love and light. Peace.